The Rigger Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Jaszewski for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off Guard. I'm your host, Pasha, as always, joined with my guy, Austin Rivers. Austin, what's going on? What's up, my guy? New uh, new things going on we're excited about. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks, so we have our own feed now on The Ringer. Let's go. Yeah, so that's exciting. Super exciting, man. Yeah, so it's easier to come check us out, listen to the pod. We appreciate the guys that have already been there before and excited to welcome new listeners, of course. Yes. Yeah. It's been a couple weeks. A lot's happened. A lot has happened. We have we have to get to it. Um, oh, also for listeners, they we're, twice a week. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start doing our pod twice a week. Yeah, twice now. a week. We're figuring out the days right now, but we are excited to announce that that's coming. Yeah, uh, next week, I believe. Yeah, it was tough during the summer when nothing going on, and we were doing it once. a Yeah, week, but, but now we have so much to talk about yeah. that you guys have to listen to us twice a week. So lucky us, lucky you. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of things have been happening. What, what do you want to start with? Uh, you want to start with Wendy? Yeah, do. do you want to start it, with the Drake album? Almost, <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about uh, Taylor Swift and Kelsey again? Like, what do you? No, 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 no. no, no. We're okay. over that. The Taylor Swift Kelsey thing is done. Yeah, yeah. We're happy for them. Whatever is real about that or not real, I don't, I don't really know. But they look like they're actually. Here we go. We're talking about it. This yeah. is crazy. See how, see how that works? Yeah, it's uh, intoxicating. Yeah, it's it is. <laughs> yeah, my God, I was about to go on like a whole thing. Um, yeah, not that. Um, let's talk about. Let's see. What's the biggest thing to you that's caught your eye that you were excited to talk about in the last couple of weeks? Since well, first off, just off the top of my head, this isn't the most exciting thing, but just last night, you had some thoughts about Zion before the game. Okay, so last night I went you, to the Orlando <laughs> Magic Pelicans preseason basketball game. Yeah. And during layup lines, I sent you a video of Zion. Yeah, and you were like, this dude is just, <laughs> he is big as hell. Yeah, it's just different in person. He is He's a gigantic. big dude, yeah. And what, he's entering year five? And everyone's saying... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's saying every season, oh, he's going to be in shape. You get the videos in the offseason like you do a lot of players. You know, he's showing up. He looked, he looked, he just looked gi- enormous. Tremendous. He, <laughs> it was, he, you, you, you said he looked, he looked a little fat. I was, I, there was a negative tone stand on, to my, standing yeah. on business. Stand, I stand, yeah. stand on it. I was, okay. Was I talking trash a little bit? It was a little pro magic. And I mean, you, the game is going against my magic. And then you hit me an hour, uh, you hit my, uh, my line about an hour later saying what? He in the first four minutes of the game he had three dunks and he <laughs> and in sixteen minutes in the first half he had sixteen points and like six steals. Yeah. Um, he's just it's he's just he's not the same. He's not as athletic as he was maybe in high school or at Duke, but he's just so physical. It's just different. Yeah. And without being very tall either, his presence out there is it's something completely different. He uh, he dominated. He he's dominated just always the game. on yeah. the attack. Yeah, he did. He did. Watching the clips last night uh, after you had brought it to my attention. I just watched some of his highlights and he really was for the minutes that he was out there. He was absolutely dominating the game to where if he would have played like a full game, 
Like if it was a regular season game, he's playing thirty something minutes. He he would have went for like forty something less. I, I just wonder if he can keep that up though for that well, forty minutes. That's, for that's, 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 that's the question. That's, he was that's just always attacking. Yeah, and, you know, it's, he plays an aggressive style game yeah. on top of the weight that's being thrown around on his joints. You know, because he is a big dude. Right. Uh, I don't think he's fat or anything like that. He's obviously in shape, but he is just by just nature a, a big dude in general. Even if he was slimmer, you know, people are like, yo, he needs to lose 10, 15 pounds. Say he was like 250, 265, right. something like that. They have him listed at like 280 something right now. So even if he was like 265, that's still like, it's huge. He, he's not seven foot. And it doesn't get better easier when you get older. No, no. As you get older, it's going to get harder to lose weight and, and yeah. be able to sustain like a healthy diet and like a healthy weight and your body being able to like generate that energy. energy like, you, you know, like he's, what, how old is he right now? He's, oh man, he's got to be 20, 24, 23. Yeah. So, I mean, that is the question. But when he's healthy, my God, he's, he's one of the most dominant players in the NBA, man. Yeah, I, I re- it's such a good basketball player. Trash he's, about him, yeah. No, he's a beast, bro. Yeah, and he's, he's, a he's an underrated playmaker. Yeah, he's a beast, man. Yeah. Um, another takeaway I had from last night's game, Jonathan Isaac subbed in, and he had free blocks almost immediately. And I know before he got all those injuries, he was definitely a defensive player of the year type of candidate. And people thought he'd, you know, that was in his future. And I think he's, he just made so many great plays out there. He's also one of those guys that people have just forgotten about or don't really know much about because he's been hurt most of his career. It just hasn't really panned out for him. Right. But everybody I know that has played with Orlando or played against, like played with him, they say like in practice, like when he's healthy, like he could shoot. He's got a face-up game. And on defense, he's like very like, you know, coordinated and agile, Crazy. can block shots, yeah. contested the rim. He's supposed to be a big-time player. I mean, the Magic paid him, even though he didn't really hoop all that much because he was hurt so much. But yeah. they still gave him money. That just as a, you could tell that's just a vote of confidence. Like, yo, when this guy's healthy and right, like he's gonna be a really good player. So, uh, I hope to see him, you know, in action this year. He he's, he's had a rough go. Right. Another takeaway I had last night was, you know, you're watching the game and we have the Magic of the sixth and the eleventh pick, Anthony Black and Jed Howard. Yeah. They weren't playing until you know it's preseason. They played the fourth quarter and stuff like that to close it out. But I was thinking about how they just they're not going to get a lot of minutes this year. There's just a lot of there's a lot of guards out there. It's, the team is just you know, deep with a lot of young talent. And I was thinking about how that's probably the first time in their career, you know, from, you know, when they were kids to high school to their year, their one year in college, that they're just going to be on the bench. That's got to be such a new experience. And I'm sure you've had to deal with some of that when you were obviously a phenom in high school, one and done at Duke. Once you get to the NBA, how weird is that? Just not, you're not on the court. Uh, Well, it's frustrating, Uh, especially when you're young, you don't even have the right, a lot of times mindset, just in terms of, you know, First time not playing, a lot of times you can handle that not the best way, you know, frustrated or why they get drafted here. Look at all, because what you also are looking at is other rookies. There's going to be rookies. Oh, they, they played against, uh, uh, what's his name? New Orleans. Hawkins, yeah. Jordan Hawkins from uh, UConn to New Orleans. He was drafted after those guys and he was in the rotation plan. Yeah, he's playing like, there's just certain situations, even guys drafted after, that's what's going to frustrate them. They're not worried about the top five pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're a top five pick, those guys are going to, and even some of those guys are going to have to fight for minutes. Who's the guy that just got drafted uh, number four to, um, was it Houston? Heyman Thompson? Yeah, like he's going to play a lot this year, but like they have so many guards and veteran players. You don't know like what direction. You well, it's Kevin Jay- Porter also gone. There's, oh, there's now, a, yeah, yeah, that yeah, opens there's it an up. opening yeah, for them. Yeah. That, that opens up. That. And we'll get to the Rockets later with him and Cam Whitmore and how athletic and good they've looked in preseason. But, uh, but exactly. I yeah. mean, even us talking about Cam Whitmore and all the things yeah. he's doing, like you got to look at like guys like Anthony Black and um, uh, Jed Howard, who were, you know, high picks, solid picks. Yeah. They might not get the most minutes this year. Yeah. They just have to be patient. You know what I mean? It's frustrating when you see other guys play, but you can't control that. Everybody's journey is different, man. And the yeah. NBA is all situation. They will get their time because yeah. they, you know, they got drafted and they're not like some second round picks. You know, these guys are both high. Are picks. One and done. Yeah, yeah these are tripper. these are so these are they're a big part of the future. They and they have to know that. So they just right now they just got to stay. I mean, honestly, if you're them right now, there's no pressure on you right now to go in there and perform right away because the right. whole team is depending upon you. Like these guys get to sit back, watch some of these vets play, knowing knowing that their time is coming. And they just got to stay in the lab and like just just like actually like try to learn from this experience, man. I mean, that's and it's easy for me to say. I know in the moment they're like, I hear you, but I want to go fucking play. And I respect that. But um, no, that's interesting. Yeah. And we uh, we were out to dinner a couple of weeks ago. And we ran into Jed Howard and you had you had a lengthy conversation with him. And he, it's you, from everything you said, it sounded like he was definitely mature enough to understand it's going to take a while. He did. I asked him. I was like, um, you know, what, what's 
what's it like? You know, are you excited about the year? What's what's it looking like for you minutes wise? He said, you know, I'm probably not going to play a lot, you know, especially to start the season. But he's like, you never know. Things could change. So I just got to stay ready and, you know, just keep working. I know there's a, we got a lot of guards on the team. That already told me, you know, and of, of course he comes from a yeah. basketball family and a basketball background. So I didn't expect anything less, but you could already see he has his head on the right, you know, right track. He's, uh, yeah, he answered it the right way, man. And he's, he, was, he was super cool, bro. Yeah, he said um, he was a fan of the pod. Yeah, no, so, yeah, he said he loved the pod, yeah. which is dope. So shout out to, shout out to Jet, man. Yeah. Uh, we are expecting big things and we know his time will come for sure. Probably this year at some point. Um, so yeah, exciting, exciting times for the magic. Look at you. Look I, at I got you talking about the we magic. We talked about the magic for fucking how long is it? Though? How long have we been talking about the damn magic? I've been talking about this shit for 15 minutes, bro. It's this for, is crazy. If you talk about it for five I, minutes for you, it feels like 30. I know. I, if I, this, I, it, it's like dog ears with you. No. We, got, we got a lot going on in the NBA right now. Let's change that's, gears. That's fine. So, by the way, Franz Wagner looked amazing last night. He's unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah. is Victor Oladipo, by the way, with that trade, is he sticking Houston? Do they keep him or waving him? I can't tell what Houston's got going on. They got a mix of vets and young guys. They, yeah, they might yeah. keep him. They might. That's his second stint with the Rockets. He was on their team before. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know what's going on there. Um, wish him the best, too, in his recovery. Uh, Okay, so let's get to Wemby. It's been long enough. We've already been talking for too many minutes without getting to Wemby's freaky-ass highlights and everything you've seen. The game with him and Chet was one of the better preseason games of the season. You like that game better than the game against the Heat? The game against the Heat, he was. He had more loud plays versus the Heat. I liked that him and Chet really competed, and they have like a little... There's something there. It's nothing serious, but even after the game, they didn't really dap up. They're like... they asked. Remember, they asked uh, asked Victor, like, do you have a relationship with uh, Chet? He goes, no. Yeah, and, le- and left it at that. I love it, and they both looked great. I mean, bro, the the the, the reach and steal from the three point line where he slapped, yeah that was crazy runs the floor cocks where the guy is seven six doing this the layup where he went under with the with the uh, with the left hand unreal like bro like and then even Chet like his ability to take off the dribble fake handoffs go to the basket he's hitting threes like bro. He's remember we played pickup this summer. We we said this earlier in the pod, probably yeah. like four or five. He was my pick rookie of the year. We were like, "Yo, this dude can really hoop." Like yeah. I was playing a pickup with Chet, and this dude is like, "I'm like, man." So between him and Shea and Jalen and Giddy, my goodness, what are they building over there? <laughs> yeah, and they have good. 37 picks. I really liked Casey Wallace, but elite defender already. And this is what the beginning of his rookie year. His defense was crazy. He, I. Hats off to their team. They know what they're doing. And they have a million picks coming up there. Yeah, they have like 37 picks over the next seven years. Like, bro, yeah. They're going to design the team exactly the way they need to. Yeah. And they have a superstar. Shea is Shea is going to be ended up... He's trying to push for like a top five player in the NBA. Right. I mean, he's... I think ESPN ranked him. We'll get to the ESPN rankings later, your issues with that. But he, they had him number eight in the NBA. Over yeah. your guy, Anthony Edwards, who I know you... I've asked you that question before, Shay or Ann, who would you have for the rest of their career? You're, you're an Ant-Man guy. I do like Ant-Man. I just like his potential. Yeah. I understand right now in the moment, but Ant was still dominant in USA basketball. He's the best player in that team as well. I mean, he's he's the real deal. He's got to have a big year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about a big year. Can't be like... No, he's got to be an all-NBA like It's not a 25-point-per-game season and their team squeaks in the playoffs. Like, I don't, I don't want that. Which would be an unbelievable year for anybody else. I want him like 28 30 a game. I want like in the contention for scoring title. I want him to make it known. That's gonna be hard though with Carl with Cat on the team. And- but I think Carl just needs Carl. Uh I, I would like Carl to just be like such a good complimentary player to Ant where that he's still like an all-star. Like you understand, like Bosch and like Wade and those guys still were able to have like good years with LeBron there. So you want Cat to be a Bosch on the Heat or Kevin Love on the Cavs? I, I want Cat. I want Cat to be Robin to his Batman. That's what I want. I just and there's no shame in saying Cat. Cat is. Was, Kat, I mean, in his own right, he was drafted number one there. He's got the big contract. He's bro, been I know it down there. No one's saying that, bro. I know. But just you have to understand. If you're in his camp, you're saying to him, "You're the man." You know what I mean? He's been the man there. Yeah, he's been the man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I love Cat. Cat has had his turn. Do you understand what I'm saying? What year is this for Cat? It's been a while. What what year? Seven, eight, six? Okay. So 2015 draft. Right. This is this is Ant's, was it his fourth year? Yeah. This is fourth year. In his prime, he just got a contract, 260. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it doesn't even have to be Batman Robin if you want to put labels on it. If you want to put if, or if you want to put a better label on it, like Shaq and Kobe. I don't want to compare them to Shaq and Kobe, which is why I didn't say that. 
But that type of dynamic where like Shaq is equally close or probably even just as much more important to the team as Kobe. But like closing well, are you time- Are talking about in those three years, uh, the 2000 to 2003 years? No, I'm, I'm saying like- Shaq was MVP of the NBA. I know that, but to close the game, guess who had the ball in his hands? That's just being a guard versus That's a my point. Okay, well, that's different where, because Cat can shoot and shit. He wants the ball too. And yeah. that, this is what I'm trying to say, bro. Like it has to be- like Ant just a step above. So maybe Shaq Kobe is a bad example. I love the complimentary pieces. Uh, I love uh, I love McDaniel's. I love Nas Reed. They're, Mike Conley's perfect for them. They have a great. They have they have a great team. Nikhil, if they could figure out the Gobert cat thing, Nikhil and um, uh, Kyle Anderson too, both really good role players. Um, they have to figure out that dynamic. Two dynamics. They have to figure out the dynamic between Rudy and Carl. First and foremost, you're right. That's the, that's what's got it. We got to see that can work. Secondly, I, Carl and Ant have to get a better chemistry with each other. Yeah. It's just it's a and fact. After you see the you know you know Jokic and Jamal Murray and what they were able to do. All and- the all the top duos in the league, they have to work. I mean, right? We have to see what this Phoenix thing's going to do. But we know. How, I mean, just from what we've seen in preseason, they look fucking pretty damn good. <laughs> I don't know if you've watched the Phoenix Suns, but they look pretty damn good, bro. They look lethal. So. Cat and Ant have to show that same type of thing. Like they have to like help each other be better. And Cat right. has to be like it'd be it'd make Cat even more valuable. It would make Cat more yeah, valuable. Yeah, it, as a that's player. a really good point. You already got your contracts. Everything's like, bro, out of the way. Now it's about man. winning and yeah, coming bro, yeah, you already got, This is your second max. And you, guess what, Cat? You're gonna get a third one because you're a really good player. Yeah. You don't have to, just because you're a number two to Ant, still averaging 25 a game, 24 a game, fucking rebounding and shit. Probably an all star if your team's really really good. If you're accepting and pushing, like Carl should be pushing it. Like yo. I'm right with you, man. We're going to do this together. But you're, you're our guy, too. Like, right. I'm letting you know you're the guy. And at nights, I'm going to need it, too, if I need to help you out. A night where you don't got to go and you got to trust me as your partner that I can help us bring us home. But when we, if me and you both got it going, man, like, we're going to help each other. But I, I'll, the ball in your hands, I always feel comfortable. So do you understand what that would do? Like, something like that would do to, you know, someone like Ant. Ant's like, all right, man. And then they, they start working together. Like, you have to have that type of humility and trust. And again, I was never in either of their shoes. I was never the star of the team. But the best teams that I've seen or the best teams I've been a part of, the best moments we've had are when our two best players were in connection and not competing against each other, which you see on on the teams that usually don't make it all the way. So, you know, we got to see that from them. That's that's important. So I have a question for you then, because I was going to ask this later on, but I think this is perfect timing. I was talking to, I forgot what I was talking to about this, but this was a good question. Do you think the two best players or three best players on the team need to get along for them to be successful on the court. On off the court? Yeah. No. No, I don't. I, I I think it makes it much harder. I do think it makes it more complicated if you can't get along off the court because it just now when things aren't going right on the court, it gives you a little bit it's you're asking a lot of that person that individual as a human to be able to put that aside and keep it professional. When a lot of guys aren't capable to do that, especially when they're young and they're making a lot of money and their ego and you know how NBA players can be. So mm-hmm. like in their younger years, if you don't get along off the court, now we're talking court, about what about not just not getting along, actually this maybe uh, there's there's two different ways you can look at that. Some people that don't hang out off the court, but they're just they're cool. They just don't hang out, or actually maybe a dislike. I think if you're asking me, '90s, early NBA, no problem. Just how it was back then. The league was grown men. We're talking about your average team was 30 years old, 32. You know, guys went to college for three, four years, like. With how young the NBA is now, if guys dislike each other off the court, it ain't gonna work on the court. Yeah. Not in today's NBA. Not with what I see and what I've what I came into the league with twelve years ago, even to now. It's two different leagues in terms of like the age and like Yeah. No, not not in today's day. When players don't like each other in today's NBA. Yeah, I think it really shows, and this is me coming from a place that's never played any kind of important basketball. <laughs> <laughs> what I think it would show is when <laughs> adversity hits, right? In a tough spot, and if you don't like the person that you're out there competing with, it's probably is. I would imagine that would be tougher to overcome. Maybe you know a deficit. One hundred percent. Yeah. Once once the times you know get hard, if you're in that situation with someone you dislike, yeah, chaos. Right. You know, what I mean, pointing the finger, toxic. Yeah. Whereas if it's like your guy and you get along, like you gotta figure some shit out. Like, hey, bro, let's you know, let's figure this shit out, man. We gotta, we're not doing well right now. My bad, right. I got you. Now it's sorry, dude. this motherfucker don't know how to play best. This why it's hard. Y'all, y'all keep playing through him, but he need to be playing. Y'all need that shit. Yeah, your team sucks. Yeah, 
Yeah, no chance. Not in today's NBA. I I, I agree. No, I don't yeah. think uh, I don't think it can work in today's NBA. No. You know what's crazy? I asked you about Wemby, and you went off on a little Timberwolves tangent. I feel like we should be timing how much I talk about the Magic and how much you talk about the Timberwolves because they're pretty equal. I mean, you had their pick for Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, and MVP. So you're definitely but, uh, well. The Most Improved was ridiculous. I, 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 <laughs> you're going I, for it all. I, I take the first off. I love Nas Reed. I just don't think he's in a position to win that. If you put Nas Reed on a bad team, he would absolutely get most improved player. Yeah. He'd go probably bonkers, but he plays behind two max centers. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if he's in position to do that. Defensive player of the year, I do have Jaden McDaniels winning. And um, what else did I have? That's it. I said outside chance to an MVP. What oh, player? I said Anthony Edwards. And to be fair, I said outside chance. Yeah. Him or Shea Alexander, like the two picks for outside chance. Right. Uh, back to Wemby. Obviously, you've seen the dunk over Thomas Bryan and. The reaction was everything. Thomas Bryant's played basketball on all different types of levels, and he that was something he's never seen before. So I'm compared to Jim in the office <laughs> looking at the camera. <laughs> it was crazy. How about that guy just being a part of so many just moments in history? You mean you ducking know, in during LeBron's I, I can't think of Thomas Bryant without thinking of his arms up in the air asking for that damn ball. <laughs> with Le- The whole crowd has their phone out. The whole crowd has their phone out to 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 witness LeBron James about to be the all time leading point scorer in the history of the NBA, and this guy is <laughs> looking for an ISO, calling for a fucking back down ISO like ball. <laughs> there was no way that man was passing the ball, bro, and yeah. he had a fadeaway like he was at the free throw line. He's in there like got position like yo. It's so fucking funny to me, bro. And Thomas has had a hell of a career. I played with him in um. In uh, DC for yeah. my little stint when I was there, and he was that was like when he was first coming on. Man, he's he's a really good dude. He plays hard as hell. Um, everyone likes Thomas, so shout yeah. out to Thomas Bryant. You know, continuing to hoop in the NBA, bro. Uh, but yes, that moment I can't think of him without that moment. It's so yeah. fucking funny to me. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> and then they, they they said they traded him from the Lakers because he wanted more minutes. Then they backed up Jokic. <laughs> it was just it didn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a tough position, man. He went from there. To, he got a chip, though. Yeah. He, he went, got a little ring. He got a ring last year. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, man, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, he... Uh, and was, to- back to Wemby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you zoning out on Thomas Bryant? Come on. Are you- <laughs> oh, like I'm not Tom- asking for an official statement on no, Thomas uh, Bryant's uh, career <laughs> right now. So. I want to like a Thomas Bryant like <laughs> rabbit hole, bro. I was sitting there like thinking of this guy's <laughs> like, life. All right, let's get back to it. Okay, I liked what Kyle Kuzma said about all these jerseys getting leaked, City Edition jerseys. We're losing nostalgia in the NBA. What did he say? I didn't even... He said, Nike is ruining the nostalgia of jerseys every year. It's a new jersey, and what gets lost is brand identity. So I I agree with that. A couple years ago, my Magic had orange in the jerseys. It was confusing. Um, Then we see the Blazers with green. It gets a little confusing out there. I understand, you know, soccer does it. They'll have their third jersey be a different color every year or something like that. Um, But you just, you know, I don't want to mess with it. Just, I want to remember Boston is green, always green. And, you know, New York with, you know, blue and orange. No, I I, I I, I just don't want to mess. I just don't don't like messing with it. I I would have to agree 100%. And to the point of what he's making, like just brain identity. Like growing up, Pistons, you think of red, white, and blue, and the Lakers, purple and gold, you know, Chicago Bulls jerseys, you just think of them. I don't mind an updated version of these jerseys, but like, let's stick with it for a while. You're growing up like, one day I want to be able to put on this Bulls jersey. Bro, I and go then to, you put on that, you, you get drafted by the Bulls and you put on a green jersey and you're just, what the hell's going on? Yeah, bro, I go to the, like the park or something like that or go to work out at a gym and like, you'll see like kids walk around with some edition of a jersey. I'm like, is that real or is that just like some collab? Cause that's how many fucking jerseys are there. Yeah. It, it's just ridiculous. There's too much. They're like, thinking this is Oregon football. Nike's <laughs> running this shit and they're like throwing like seven jerseys out thinking like we want this shit. Like bro, yeah. stick with a goddamn identity and then... Now if you want to do the throwback, like Hornets want to do the old that's, school that's Larry cool, Johnson. Bro. Like, for, for instance, the, new Mag- the new Magic jerseys for this year. You're bringing up the Magic yourself? This is like Inception. I've well, planted it in your brain. Well, their jerseys are like the throwback. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable They, they look jersey. insane. They look great. Yeah. They look up... Nike crushed it. Yeah. Let's keep these yeah. and then if you want, maybe they can get the throwback black with the pinstripe. Like that would be sick, you know. That's all you need, bro. Yeah, they're home, away, an alternate throwback. Each team should have all four. Yeah, and then let's keep this for like the next ten years, and we can get an update, bro. 
whatever you got going forward, like that's what the brand, something that people can identify those colors and that team with. I don't like to switch up on jerseys every year either. It's a great point. So shout out to Kyle Kuzma. We agree with you. We do. Correct. All right. I have a list of guys here that have been performing really well in the preseason. And I just want to know your thoughts, or at least if you think it's real. You know, some people just blow up preseason, you know. Yeah, yeah. Preseason can be a false. Yeah. So let's start with Peyton Pritchard, who had a great summer. Looks incredible. And he, he he's playing, you know, his is real because he's a hooper. You could just see it in how he's playing. He's so yeah. confident. I mean, this guy catches the way he's shooting the ball, just from a spot up standpoint. He's averaging 52 from the field, 52% from the field, 42 from three. You know, he's shooting the shit out of it. Yeah. And he's making good plays. Like even the, he drove last night off a, went up for a layup, like he was going to scoop it and just lobbed it to Porzingis. Like that's natural feel. Like you got to be a hooper to be doing shit like that. Like where you're just like second nature seeing, he didn't even know Przingis was going to be there. He just felt it. He went up and just lobbed it backwards. Przingis right behind him, clean it up. Like that's just natural feel to the game. Everybody knows that's coached him or like been around him, training with him. They're like, yo, this dude is really nice. He just needed an opportunity. He had Brogdon really just kind of in the way. And Marcus, they both held down so much minutes over the past right. couple of seasons. Like Peyton just couldn't get an opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then they paid him a couple of weeks ago. And that's only because they said he had a fantastic summer. And they said in the early parts of camp, this guy just looked... You know when a guy's likable is when they get a contract and a bunch of people are like, shout out to him, well-earned. His old teammates, all yeah. of them, were like, yo, shout out, this dude can really hoop, man. He just needed yeah. an opportunity. It'd be... I'm not saying they're two different type of players, but it would have been equivalent to like, if I saw Marcus Howard get like a deal to play in the NBA, I would... He'd probably have a whole bunch of guys tweeting like, this dude is actually like really nice. Like if, Mar if Marcus Howard like really got an opportunity to like just go be a guy who can score, like a Ma Emmanuel Quickly type. Mm -hmm. See the greatest defender? No, but like this guy comes in and he's instant offense, bro. And it, obviously Quick's gotten way better on defense and has, you know, improved in all aspects of the game. But he was a, originally like his rookie year, it was a guy that you would throw in the game and like Quick is getting buckets, man, like and put the ball in the basket. If Marcus was given like 20 minutes a game to like just come off the bench for 10 minutes a half, hey, go in there and go score, that fucker would fill it up. Right. He can just, he's, a, he's one of the, you know, better scorers I've played around. So that's how I feel about this Peyton situation. He can score, but he can pass. He's a true point guard. He's, he's really like got a plays with a chip on his shoulder, man. Like tough, you know, uh, mentality fits Boston well. He's a white boy. Are you kidding me, bro? Playing for the Celtics out there balling, you know, fucking love this guy. Right. You know what I mean? This is like, they're, they're, just, they're just so deep and talented at this point. But he looks good, though. Yeah. He looks like he's going to be a big part of their team's success. I mean, he's a really solid backup point guard. So his is real. Yeah. All right. My next guy, Cam Whitmore. Listen, I don't know what type of season he's going to have. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. I don't know how many minutes he's going to play. But the guy is a fucking freak. I just athlete. need to know why he slid the 20. I feel like the Rockets were looking at him is, at four uh, and they ended up getting him at 20. His impressive his preseason, his, some of the shit he's been doing has been impressive. He is a freak athlete. Like yeah. some stupid type shit. He's, like, bro. he's running around like Prime Iguodala yeah, out there just flying like Sean around. Camp. <laughs> like Rain Man, bro. He had a duck last night where he like just punched it on it. They yeah, have a what? charge. Bro, poor McDermott. Just running back on defense. He doesn't even have his feet set. First off, his, he wasn't even fully down yet. Because the guy like jumped damn near from the free throw line. It was ridiculous. And just steps over him and dunks it. And just like walks back on defense as they call a charge. Like I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even know much about this guy. I just knew originally his name. Like he was supposed to go high. And then I just heard he dropped. Yeah. So I didn't really pay attention to him. And then I saw some shit in the summer league. I was like, yo, this guy looks actually... He was an MVP of the summer. Yeah, he was going crazy, bro. And then and then he... I, I'm just so baffled why he slid. He's Since he has slid, he has won MVP of the summer league and had a great preseason with a bunch of highlights. So what is it? It's interesting because they have a lot of like kind of forward, small forward guards. Like Houston does. They have a collection of like guards and wings. Yeah. And you know you were going to start Dylan Brooks. It's going to be Fred Van Fleet, probably the Amir Thompson guy. No, no, no. Jalen Green. Well, of course, Jalen Green. Jalen's going to be their best player. It's going to be Fred Van Vliet, Jalen, Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Jabari Smith, who's also on my list. He's had a great preseason, great Jabari Smith and Sangum. Yeah. And then off the bench, they're going to have Thompson, Cam Whitmore. Yeah. Tori Eason. Yeah, Tori Eason's good. And then they'll have a, who's a strong kid that just be out there just like just running in everybody. I love him. I, I, I mean, like, he's a solid player. But he's not like, he's not highly skilled, but he's just out there playing hard as hell. He's strong as shit. Could probably play the NFL. No bullshit. I'm, I'm blanking right now. I know his name. Big dude, lefty. Jay Sean Tate. 
Anyways, they have a collection of guards. The point I was trying to make. I want to see a dunk contest on that team with Jalen Green, Amen Thompson, Amen Thompson, and Cam Whitmore. These guys are freaks, but go ahead. They had a collection of guards, and I think it was like pretty like discussed that Tori Easton was going to be kind of like one of their, you know, I don't, I don't want to say featured, but like he'd be a guy after bench. But Cam Whitmore's played so well that he's like thrusted himself into that situation where he's going to be hard to keep off the floor. He, he's going to be hard to keep off the floor. He's just so athletic and he's been so impressive so far. Uh, man, a lot of teams passed up on that guy. That's crazy. He looks, he looks pretty damn good. My next guy on the list is Imani Bates. Once was Gatorade player of the year as a sophomore. I think a different path and looks great. Imani looks, well, first off, he's shooting the ball better than. I think uh, a lot of people thought he could do it. I mean, he's yeah. shooting it pretty easily with uh, from range, man. Uh, he was a guy highly touted in high school, had a weird college transaction, you know, you know, just overall experience. You never really saw him. Yeah. He had moments where he went to, what, what's a smaller school he, he went transferred to? Memphis, to? and then he went to man, Eastern Michigan. Yeah, yeah. It was a smaller school, and everybody's like, what's kind of going on? But he put some games together versus some top-tier teams yeah. just enough to where, you know, it was a, he was able to get drafted because he was really down bad, you know, after like the whole... He had stuff off the court and, uh, you know, obviously the Memphis thing didn't go well. Uh, people kind of, it, it got dark for him a little bit. And for him to turn it around, have a really good summer league, and then even through preseason now is continuing to just kind of play and shine. Every time he gets his his moments and minutes, because there have been some games where his minutes haven't been heavy, and he'll still go in there with the right energy, right attitude, whether it's 10 minutes, whether he didn't play the whole game, they throw him in the fourth at the end. He goes in there like really ready to hoop. Mm-hmm. Um, and has been impressive from what I heard with his teammates and everything. I really hope he has a big year. I don't know how much minutes he's going to play because Cleveland's trying to win like now. I have a question about the Cavs. I know by it's, the way. that's are not we, realistic. Are but, we overlooking the Cavs? No one talks about the Cavs after the Dame trade. Well, it's because they have the same team as last year, and they keep we have this thing well, they with had, them. They, had, then, they added they added a couple. They added Max Struess. I know he had a weird finals, but he's what they needed, right? You need, they needed a, another starter out there, shooter. They it's another year with you know Darius Garland getting better. Uh, Evan Mobley getting better, Jared Allen getting better. No one's talking about the Cavs. No one is talking about the Cavs, but the Cavs do have a pretty damn talented roster when you really look at it. Uh, they got a good coach, young coach. The I guess the big thing with them is in their postseasons, it just hasn't looked great. You know what I mean? Well, the way they, the way they got bounced last year was bad. Yeah, so it's just like you, you just kind of want to see what happens with them. Um we know Donovan Mitchell's really talented. We know he's a really good player. We know Darius Garland is, is kind of must-watch TV. Um, but you want to see them take that next step, and especially in the postseason. Regular season, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll have their numbers. They'll win their games. They'll get into the playoffs. I love the Mobley-Allen duo down low. It's, they, I mean, the way they contest the basket, both of them. Uh, I do think, Mosley, we told you, for the Cavs to get to where we want to see them competing at, to where we're talking about them more, I think Mobley, Evan Mobley, has to have a uh, a big year, a comeback year, because he had a, a nice. It's so tough that you could be 21, 22 years old and you need a comeback year. You know what I mean? It's just well, so it's so much pressure. This, this is, you know, who would be great for him to talk about this with? Evan Mobley should have conversations with Don, Donovan Mitchell about this. Donovan Mitchell had a surprising, dominant rookie year, in and out crossover, Paul George in the playoffs, step back three, bang. Do you remember him going at Russell? Oh, he, Russell yeah. he like dominated that series versus Russ and, and Paul George. And everybody's like, whoa, this kid is fucking crazy. So like the expectations got super high after his rookie year. Evan Mobley had a pretty damn good rookie year. I think he won rookie uh, rookie of the year, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, Scotty Barnes did. But he was right there though. It was like him yeah, or Scotty. Yeah. Like he actually got hurt. He probably was gonna win it. He was yeah, the, yeah. He, he was gonna win it. He yeah. was having a big rookie year and had a big season. Everybody's like, man, Evan Mobley's gonna be a star, star, you know, Kevin yeah. Garnett comparisons and Absolutely. all these things, right? Came back last year and he didn't play bad. He just kind of had like a a, a, a a weird year, a good year, but for the standard that we were expecting, it wasn't high. Donovan Mitchell had a good second year in the NBA, but it wasn't the the you know, trajectory that he was going after his rookie year was like just so crazy. It was like almost unfair of us to put these on these these young kids. But then he came back his third year and had another really dominant year again and has been able to like really sustain, you know, sustain that. It would just be interesting for him to talk to someone like Donovan, like, yo, I know you started like everything was great. And then last year kind of got weird. It's part of your, you know, your journey and your process. You know, I wonder, and then I'm sure Donovan could tell him some some other things too to help him out and how he was able to come back and have a, you know, dominant third year and sustain that I think Mobley doing that would give the Cavs now you're talking about the Cavs yeah can't just be Garland and Mitchell like Mobley needs to be out there averaging 22 bro like just 
fadeaways, mid-range, uh, pick and pops, you know, picking little slide slot mid-range, off, you know, lobbing, catching alley-oops, cleaning everything off the glass. He's long, he's tall. Like, bro, he needs to be dominant, blocking shots. You know what I mean? Like, he does that type of shit, bro. Then, like, the Cavs are, like, really serious now. Yeah. Uh, next guy, Jonathan Kaminga. He's looked really good. First off, I you know what I love about him right now? He's not dancing with the fucking ball and, like, trying to do too much. This guy is making quick decision, action, handle moves, and is attacking the basket so fast and strong. It is quick. He's, bro, he's, One, he goes by you and he's already done. He's, like, and he he's, like, two, two steps in from the, from the three-point line. This guy has the ability to launch off the ground and there's just really nobody that can contest him at the rim. He jumps too high. And like I said, we are in an area, uh, an era of, of NBA basketball where there are not a lot of rim protectors at the rim. It's not like the 90s and early 2000s where you have a bunch of big-ass centers out there and every team has these ginormous 34-year-old grown men-ass centers, bro. Like, it's a whole different NBA. Someone like Jonathan Kaminga could literally live in the paint, bro, and just dominate. He is a freak of freak athletes. The way he's been attacking the basket and getting to the line and like just finishing at the basket, if he continues to play that way, just on the man. Honestly, the, the, Warriors, Wiggins, the, the Warriors are a different team. If him, if we got Wiggins back to his, you know, the way he looked in the finals, and Jonathan Kaminga takes a step, the Warriors are there. No one talks about them in the West. They're no, they're, they're, they're dangerous. Really yeah. Just how I said, Mobley has to be like you know his Mobley's role is bigger than yeah. what Kaminga's would be. But if you can get Kaminga averaging like 14, 15 off the bench. Like having a, which would be a big year for him. Like, you know, him having 15 points off the bench, off the playing with the Warriors. Yeah. That, that kind of helps out with the Jordan loss. Right. CP is going to help him, I think, a lot. He's going to put him in position to go score. They could be dangerous, man. With yeah. Chris and out Cl there running Clay's on a contract year. It looks yeah, like, I don't know what's going on with those yeah, extensions. He, you know, he's going to be ready to go. Yeah. You, got, you got Draymond out there still ready to prove something after his contract just got signed. You got Steph obviously still trying to win some more in his prime. And you got Steve, man. Like they, they're always dangerous to that, you know, with that mix. So, you know, Warriors are a team to look for. All right, let's take a break. The NBA season is almost here, so make sure you are ready for a tip with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. From the championship odds to player awards, FanDuel has you covered. For example, the Orlando Magic's over and under this year for wins is 34 and a half. And you know I'm going over for that because they're definitely making the playoffs this year. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of features like win totals, player stats, awards, conference winners, and more. And FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app now and take advantage of their great special offers and boosts to celebrate. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21 and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expired seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. 
So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Um, so I know you're really close with D'Angelo Russell, former teammate, and he's had some interesting comments recently in the media. I, I actually sent you the one he talked about with uh, the defensive comment he said about how that's how he was off. He was kept off the floor last year in the playoffs was his lack of you know defense. So it seems to me like he's just saying all the right things. And it's what you want out of a team like the Lakers that are trying to win a championship. I love it. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, humility and self-awareness are extremely important. Which people probably thought he didn't have. No, that's a thing that people have always kind of knocked D'Lo yeah. for having, whether fair or not fair, right? And, you know, for D'Lo to come out and be like, listen, man, I, I got to get better at my defense. That's what kind of kept me off the floor last year. It limited my minutes and finishing games is because I was a liability on defense. You know, I got to put more of an emphasis and effort on that end of the floor. Him saying that to the media, like a lot of people are like, that's great, man. Like that's what you want out of this guard, uh, especially because the offensive talent's there. So I, I loved it, man. That, that was a, and actually when you sent me that that interview, I actually sent that to D'Lo. And I was like, brother, I love this, man. Excited to see you play this year. And, you know, he hit me back, was like, thanks, bro. You know, I'm really trying to level up this year. So that's what you want to hear. Um the Derek White comments, however, <laughs> the Derek White comments are like, no, 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 no. Now we're getting to, first off, offensively, you're just a much better player than Derek. He is. And they're different players because Derek's really good offensively in a different way. He's good off playing off other like star players. He's a catch and shoot, catch, rip and go, quick decision, downhill, left or right. He's not coming down, hitting right, the Well, the Angel is a guy you can run your offense through. Yes. Which, well, not if you're trying to win a championship. Right. But he's just saying he's capable. He is capable. Yeah, right. and he's That's how he came to the league. He's been an all-star player before. You right. know, He's a guy that can hit game winners at the end. I, right. I could throw D-Lo the ball with five seconds left, and this guy can hit a big shot, you know, game winner, where like Derek's big shot is him running to the glass, tip offensive glass, laying for the win. So they're, they're, they're both effective. They're just different. So like you saying you want to be Derek, it's like, that's not even you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. D-Lo wants to get the rebound, and you can already see him coming down. He's wiggling. He's kind of moving. You see the pick coming, he gets into his man, gets him on his back, sidestep, fadeaway mid-range jump shot. Derek White ain't coming down, hitting a pick and roll, little step sideways, fadeaway mid. That's not his game. Derek White is coming down, passing the ball, cutting, picking, open three, bang. Pump fake, sidestep three, bang. A drive, quick drive, might have a layup, passes out, relocates, bang. Offensive rebound, pick up on defense. That's Derek White's game, and he's perfected. He's one of the best in the game as a role player doing that. Right. D'Lo can still be one of the best role players, but he's not going to be a Derek White. Yeah. You just have to be better on defense, and this just decision-making on offense cleaned up a little bit. And then other than that, we want you to be D'Lo. Like, right. brother, you hit big shots. Your scoring ability is is way beyond, no offense to a Derek White, but like it's way beyond what Derek White can do offensively. Yeah. In terms of like... It's being, important when you work on weaknesses in your game to not lose... Yeah, yeah, don't, don't don't lose what got yeah. you here. Yeah, don't you you you're you're, De you're D'Angelo Russell for a reason, bro. Yeah. Like you do things in the pick and roll and are able to score and hit big shots and make passes and reads that Derek can't. Derek can also do things from an athletic standpoint, especially defensively and rebounding wise that like D'Lo can't do. So like I don't want D'Lo saying you know I've been getting inspiration from Derek White. I get it. I don't agree with like. I don't want him to be Derek White. I just want him to be better on defense and then just clean up some of the decision making and like timely shots of when he shoots certain things. Other than that, D'Lo's fucking nice as hell, bro. Like go be go be you because you do things that a lot of guys in the league just can't do. D'Lo has a natural feel and vision for the game that like you can't teach. Right. That like guys like Derek or even like myself because we're too, I'm no different better than D'Lo. I can't do it. The way he reads a pick and roll and sees certain things on the floor, bro, like you can't teach that shit, bro. Right. So I need you to go be D'Angelo Russell, especially when LeBron's not in the game. They need that fucking, they need Absolutely. you to do that. Because Reeves is trying to score. He can make plays too, but Reeves is Reeves is going to score that damn ball. I need D'Lo to score and also like make shit happen for everybody on the offense sometimes. A lot of times. You know, you don't have Schroeder anymore. It's you and Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent is more of a solid point guard. You're, you're a guy that's going to be in the game, bro. Like you They got to have a, a lot of different looks. Yeah, they need you to they fucking make plays, yeah. bro. I need D'Lo to be D'Lo. I, right. I, don't, I don't need you being Derek White. All right, I want to get to these ESPN rankings. I think you and me both have, the, we both agree that these rankings are bullshit. And I think the point of the rankings is to get everyone to talk. Otherwise, no one would care at all, correct? But the, you know what I mean? Like if the rankings were on point, then it'd be like, okay, cool. But the rankings were a little, I remember you saying these rankings are bullshit. You know what? 
after looking at the rankings a little bit more, they're they're actually pretty solid. Really, <laughs> there are some you change your you change your tone about it a little because I I I understand that they're projecting it for this year of who's going to perform at certain levels and every player's in different situations. So when you have like I don't know if he is, but if like say Kuzma was ahead of Westbrook. It's not that Kuzma's better than Westbrook. You know, I know it's saying the best players are saying right. this season, Kuzma's probably going to average more points than Westbrook. He's probably going to play more minutes and he's probably going to take more shots. He's probably going to get more rebounds. Wow, you're really zagging when everyone's zigging about this. Everyone really didn't like these rankings, but I think you're, this is good. You're right. It is about different. Yeah, but like no one's saying uh, Westbrook's a, a two time MVP or he's, he's an MVP and he's a three, a three time a triple double. Kuzma can never do that. We know that. We're not saying. Kuzma's a better career or a better player overall in every aspect of the game than Westbrook. We're saying Kuzma's in a situation where this year, bro, like that guy's going to be out there performing at a level where the ball's going to be through his hands to score and do things. And situation-wise, like he'll probably average 20, 22, 23 points per game, even right. more, maybe. I don't know. Him and JP might go crazy. Where like Westbrook is still have a big role, but like... They, Paul, might, add, they might add James Harden to that. Man. Yeah, like, like we don't know what's going to go on with that. And they have Paul George and Kawhi who are going to do a lot of the scoring. Like, Westbrook might have a lot of triple doubles and do other things, but like yeah. it's just different. Right. So go ahead. Yeah, no. So the lists for me, these lists always get weird from fifty to one hundred because a lot of those guys are very, very close. You would say. fifty to one hundred. It's chaos. Fifty to one hundred. These it's, guys. It's, it's, yeah, all, these, it's all preference. You of can't opinion. even get mad one guy's ahead of the other because these are inter interchangeable. They're all right? interchangeable, yeah. and you don't know. Like that whole mix will be different next summer. So here's here's some of the you know the highlights. Let's say of the ESPN rankings. What do you think about Giannis going number one? Over Jokic. A little too much horse horse riding <laughs> in the summer for Jokic. Giannis creeps up on him. I think this year Giannis will be the most dominant player in the NBA. Yeah. I really do believe that. So I don't mind it, him number one. Yeah. Jokic is two. I mean, bro, one or two. But first off, they've both been the two best players in the NBA. And obviously a bead right there, three. Those three have been the best players in the NBA like the last four years, bro. It's been the same three, man. They're always in there. It's been the same three fucking dudes in the MVP voting race, bro. It's been Embiid, Jokic, Giannis. Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. Like, it's just been those three. So you could put any three of them right now. But after the MVP season, you know, I don't expect Embiid to do it. Plus, their team situation is fucked up right now. They're gonna, that's going to be weird to watch what they got going on, going on over there. Uh, we do know what the Bucks are coming off of last year and them having Dame. Like, this guy Giannis is going to be in rare form, bro. Yeah, and he worked with Hakeem. Yeah, he cost him a pretty penny, but he did it. 50K on the, <laughs> on the skill set. We'll see what it, what, uh, what it translates to. Yeah. But yeah, that that is... Uh, that's not an understatement. I like it. All right, I got Shea at number eight. Who? It's two. Shea is ranked number eight in, in the ESPN rankings. I don't mind that. He, he was down at last year. He'll probably be a top 10 player this year in the NBA. I have no doubt. Zion, 57. It's just absolutely... It's absolutely ridiculous. If we're going based off of how someone's going to play this year, in a in a you is it a contract here for Zion? No, no, he signed a huge deal. He already signed it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, last night didn't look like the fifty seven best player in the NBA. He, whenever he plays basketball, he doesn't like fifty seven. Here's where I'll give the guys who put this list together the benefit of the doubt. If they're going off of history, which is all you have to look at, if you're going off the experience of what we've seen. You know, Giannis has missed a substantial amount of games. So for them to be like, yeah, we know he's really good when he plays, but this guy. Oh, Zion? Yeah. I'm sorry, Zion. We know this guy's going to miss 40, 50 games this year, 30 games. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, we can't put him in the top 20. I still think it's 57 ridiculous. 57 is insane. 57 is ridiculous. I'd have him at like. The 30s? I'd have him in the 20s, man. Yeah. Low 20s. Just due to injury. If the guy plays 82, he's top 10. I'm not even kidding. He's literally top 10 player in the NBA. So 57 is absurd. That's just a joke. Uh, I got John Morant here at 35. That's just fucking insane, bro. You want to hear the point guards ranked ahead of him? Kyrie, Brunson, Trey, Drew Holiday, Darren Fox, Halliburton, and Jamal Murray. And Darius Garland was ranked <laughs> one behind him. I think a lot of this is just... I think a lot of... There's just so much negative energy clouding jaw. From that summer he had, early summer, and just the way it ended last year with his team, that I think um, people are just down on him right now, and I think it's going to change. He needs. I think Derrick Rose being there will be great for him. 
Marcus Smart will be great for him. I think the best thing you can see in a young player's career sometimes is adversity because all it does is set up for like a revenge year and like maybe a change of like just habits that we could see in Ja. We could possibly potentially be seeing some of these, you know, the next two to three years here, I'll say in the next two to five years, we could be seeing some of the best years of Ja Morant. So I don't agree with him being 37. Right. The I, thing about John Moran is he's, he's not injured. He's not coming off some crazy thing. Like he's no, he's still a freak athlete. Yeah. And you haven't seen zero. I haven't seen a goddamn clip of this guy. Like right, he's, so he's he's been in the lab, bro. This guy. I, I'm, I'm just from what I'm hearing. This guy has been. He's been working. I think Jaw has a big year. I think Jaw ends up like top twenty. Yeah. So the Ringer just came out with their rankings, and they have Jokic one, Giannis two, Shea ten. Zion 26, where I think you'd like him. Uh, they have Jimmy Butler 8. I mean, just based off of how he dominates the postseason, yeah. it's not crazy to have Jimmy top 10. If you ask me, is he a top 10 player in the NBA? I don't know that answer. Yeah. That, that's how you, def, you know, define that. Because if you put 10 guys ahead of him and I put them against Jimmy in a playoff series man-to-man, Jimmy wins Right. versus a lot of those guys. So it's like, I can't put Jimmy in a top 10 if we're basing it off the regular season because Jimmy, like, History wise, through the through the regular season, he's been always really good, but he's never been like a superstar by any. Well, he was second team All NBA last year, but he's definitely just different in the playoffs. When they when they when they when they put that those teams out at the end of the season, after the season's over, right? Yeah, regular season. Even 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 with that being said, still he he, he his. So season, who are you taking, Jimmy Butler or Devin Booker on your team? I'm going Devin Booker. Okay, that's my point. A lot of these guys, if you asked me, I'd go name me another one. Jimmy Butler or Kevin Durant? Going Kevin Durant. Jimmy Butler or LeBron James? LeBron James. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. You asked me, Jimmy Shea Alexander. I'm going Shea. If you ask Jimmy or Luka Doncic, I'm going Luka. Jimmy or Tatum, I'm going Tatum. This is my problem, though. In a playoff series, if they're going at it, I don't know if I can answer the same thing. Jimmy has a switch that he turns where, like, and it wasn't just last year. We saw it in the goddamn uh, bubble. We've right. seen it multiple playoffs. When the playoffs start, like Jimmy, like he turns in, especially in these heat years, especially in the heat years, he has figured out a switch where he like mentally, physically is able to perform at a higher level, like really is able to, I mean, bro, some of the defensive and offensive stints he had in the playoffs last year are some of the best we've seen. That run that the heat went on last year, like people have kind of lost track of that because they didn't win. The Nuggets won. It's been about Jokic and can the Nuggets repeat and, the Heat didn't get any better this year, and they lost a lot of role players, X, Y, Z. People are like forgetting, like, bro, that team went to the fucking finals last year after being in the play-in, bro. They're getting waxed in the play-in by the Hawks. The first game, they got smacked by the Hawks. This team was like crawling just to fight to get into the fucking play-in. Had to go to the second game of the play-in to squeeze into the playoffs to face the number one seed. And then they just ran through the East, bro, and really bullied everyone. Every best team lined them up. They beat them. And Jimmy was at the helm of that run, playing out of his fucking mind, yeah. bro. So, like, I don't want people to forget that. And it's, so it's like, if you're asking me what I take him in the top 10, it's like, no, I would take all these players that we just named, the Lucas, the Tatums, the Bookers, the, the LeBrons, the, 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 the fucking Shea Alexanders, the Luka Doncic, bro. There's, there's a million of these guys that we can name. He might be like 15, Paul George, but I, I don't even know. But, like, in the playoffs, I'm taking Jimmy over most of those guys. I'm taking Jimmy over most of the guys in the NBA. Some of your favorite players in the NBA, I'm not putting over Jimmy in the playoffs. I just think from a competitive aspect, Jimmy's able to lock into a different realm of something. I don't know what that is. And just bully teams, bro. He just really can. And off the court, he's, you know, he's going to Wimbledon and he's drinking coffee. So he's one of my favorite players. He has, just a, little, of that. He has a little Jokic in him. Yeah. We're like, they both love hoops. They're both hoopers, but the hooping doesn't define them. There's other stuff. Outside of basketball. I don't think he's scouting horses like Jokic was doing the other no, day. But like, he's like, bro, can we, can we lock in a little bit, man? This guy's scouting horses. What's the, the difference between scouting that? horses and like Jimmy's fucking in Wimbledon with an aloe outfit, like with his hat backwards, drinking like goddamn coffee, bro? Like the two different realms of basketball. Yeah. Jokic stuff. Was Jimmy for responsible me. for starting this new wave of like celebrities being all now at the tennis games? Did you notice this summer? I hated it, by the way. I like Jimmy being there because he's been a tennis fan. Well, celebrities have always gone. I don't know about no, athletes. Not, 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 so Stiller. These guys have always been always going. That's not what I'm talking about. That's like a different type, type of celebrity. I, I saw Jake Paul at the fucking Wimbledon with like chains on and shit. It drove me crazy, bro. I'm seeing rappers now there. 
Like, you don't know shit about tennis. I love tennis, so I think the exposure is good. Yeah, I don't like it. But I don't like it. I don't know, but it makes me sound like I, I it makes me sound like something. Yeah, what's I don't going know. on? <laughs> I'll get off my lawn energy coming from you. Yeah, no, those are, they yeah. Sound, it sound like a little, little I, I don't even know how I want, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> well, Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's over there with his chains on, sitting courtside at Wimbledon. <laughs> What's wrong? No, with because you? that's every a hater. In no, you no, guys. no. Hear me out. Hear me out. So people can hear me out. In every other aspect of sport, that's that's where that's what happens. You go to a basketball game courtside. People get fresh. Yeah. People do the thing. Chains, not chains. Suits, not suits. You know, you know, whatever they got, whatever your style is, whatever your background is, do your thing. That's cool. Football game, you'll see it in the box, or you'll see them fifty, you know, close up or on the field. Same thing. Uh, I don't know enough about soccer matches in America, but I'm sure overseas they do the same thing. Every other aspect of sports, man. Baseball, there's a certain type of stuff they wear. They wear like a baseball is like as loose as it gets, man. But it's not like you get fly. Like you go to a baseball game, like flies hell, you look stupid. Like you're supposed to wear like a t-shirt or a baseball and a cap backwards and get a it's beer. Where the, home t- the hometown team's yeah, hat would get, be. Get a beer and a hot dog and something comfortable, man. You go have a vibe. Like that's more baseball, right? Simple pair of jeans and a tee. Like there's an etiquette to each sport almost. And I've already seen the change in boxing and I can't stand it, bro. Before the pandemic, when you went to a goddamn box- boxing match, you had to dress up, bro. Especially if you were in the first five rows. People were fucking tuxes, dog. Yeah. Everyone got nice. It was a sophisticated event. Everyone was wearing suits. The people announcing did suits. They still do it. They wear tuxes. The first row, they all wore tuxes, suits. Women got dressed up and wore dresses. It was like a, there was an etiquette to boxing. Frank Lucas with the fur coat. Frank Lucas <laughs> with the fur coat. Like it was a thing when you went to a boxing match. Yeah. Like everyone in those first like 15 to 20 rows kind of got dressed up. And even after that, you could wear a little bit lesser of clothes because you're you you're not seen on TV. But for those first rows, like it was an etiquette to boxing. And even after that, people still got dressed up and looked presentable. Yeah. Like men would wear button downs and, you know, polos and shit in the upper levels. There was just an etiquette to boxing. And now that's gone. You can look at boxing now with the streaming and all these fights with YouTubers and this and that and how boxing, everybody's watching from home. And then when they let everybody in, everybody's just wearing normal shit because everybody's been chilling at fucking home for the past three years. It's just a whole thing. There's none of that. If I walked into the arena with a tux on, they'd be like, what the fuck is this guy wearing? Right. It's crazy. And now in tennis, I'm just used to same thing. When you go to Wimbledon, bro, like you, you're supposed to like, there's like an etiquette to it, bro. It's actually like a part of it. It's like fun. It's like you won't you see guys with chains at a golf event. This isn't like a white or black thing. This isn't like, uh, that's what I'm saying. I, we're making jokes here, but like there's a certain etiquette to every sport. I don't give a fuck what color you are. Green, black, white. This shit don't matter to me. So are you saying Jimmy's aloe outfits, you didn't like it or? At least it's, the reason he gets away with the aloe is because that's like tennis attire. Like that's what, athleisure. Yeah, that's like what they wear anyway. So that's cool. If you want to pull up in a goddamn, you know, Nike tennis shirt, Nike shorts, you know, looking like a tennis player, that's you're dressed like one of them. Should we start? I mean, maybe we get on the ring like a fashion pod with do's and don'ts for you. I just don't like I like when fans either wear that tennis athletic leisure type stuff at the at the least. Otherwise, like I'm not asking you to wear a suit to it, but like, like bro, wear a goddamn polo, man. Wear so wear like have make, you ever, make your mama proud, bro. Have you like, ever been to a clean. UFC fight? Huh? Have you ever been to a UFC fight? That's a whole different crowd. I'll tell you right now, I have gone to a few. And one thing I need to tell you is everyone in the audience thinks they're UFC fighters. No, no, They no, think no. they're about to fight no, 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 no. The way they're... UFC, <laughs> it is, UFC... It is the energy etiquette. in the building. They have their own etiquette too. Yeah. Gym shorts, a tank top, and a goddamn monster energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were fucking There's ready. some headphones around the neck. The headphones around the neck, hat backwards. <laughs> like you're in there looking to fight someone in the crowd. Everyone after. there thinks... They, they all think they're fighters. It's crazy. It's a dangerous... They're, they're, those events are a little... You got to watch what you... Listen... Yeah, if you it's not like a magic game where you bump into somebody and you might, hey man, watch where you're going. You watch it. Yeah, well, fuck out of here. Brought the magic up again, by the way. Well, the, it's going. It's, it's it's we're turning we're turning a corner here with you. I can't even help it. <laughs> I, was, I, can't, I don't even know what to do anymore. Um, if you, no, I feel you. I, I get what you're saying. You bump into somebody at a UFC fight. You better put them hands this, up. Yeah, this guy knows Muay Thai. This guy's or gonna give you a round kick to the face. What <laughs> is Chuck Norris? No, I totally agree. And I think Khabib didn't make it any better by frog splashing into the audience against after McGregor. After the McGregor fight. Oh, yeah, no, the fight was just an open invitation for everybody to get down. That's what everyone was waiting for. That's what, oh, everyone, he everyone the air, everybody's in there. This is a shiny this is my moment. Time. I'm going to rock somebody. Yeah. Uh, I'm six Red Bulls and some Matterall, man. Those dudes are people, people in the crowd are insane at a UFC fight. Do you drink energy drinks, by the way? No, bro. No, I'm not into that stuff. I don't even drink coffee. I'm a little pre workout. 
No, no. They don't have that in NBA arenas, a little pre-workout before you lift, maybe? They do, but that's all like a natural like vitamin stuff and like energy booster stuff like that. It's not like fucking putting in a can of Red Bull into you. Nothing that makes your skin crawl a little bit? I'm not going to say who, but I had a teammate that used to drink two Red Bulls and a coffee right before he played. And I was like, brother, I don't even know how your heart is pumping. I mean, what was the motor like out there? <laughs> he was unbelievable, bro. His Can we find out who it is? Oh, no, he, no, I can't say it, Was bro. he crashing the offensive glass no, like no, a bad no. man? Like, what but is, what the is way he? this guy would whip around, <laughs> screen. <laughs> the way this guy would fucking whip around screens at a pace that was unbelievable and catch and shoot that ball, I was like, yo, this guy's a madman. Catch and shoot player. And then after the game, like the way he's calmed down to be in the shower, like you just go over there, like just quit, just looking up in the shower. He's just like, I'm just like, yo, this guy's a menace. So even before this pod, we went and got coffee together and you were nervous about ordering a double shot of espresso. Yes. Cause I, I was like, I, is that Brother, too much? I get enough. I get a quad Americano. I get four shots. in mine. <laughs> yeah. It's two is uh, nothing. Two is a rookie. These are rookie numbers. And you were nervous about drinking it. Yeah. I gotta get you on the caffeine game. <laughs> My only advice. Let's let's get on the rappers thing. I know you want to talk about it. Drake album was it good or bad? I he's was, getting a lot of hate. He's getting a lot of hate just due to the fact that one, I think he's reached a tier of like upness to where like the only where the only place he could go is down. There's there's no way, I don't know I don't know if there's any room for Drake to go up. He's probably worth he's already three said, quarters of a billion or probably worth near a billion now in terms of cash or what he's generated. He's generated much more than that, but in terms of what he's worth, it's upper tiers of something crazy. He's got his kid on. He's got his kid is a beautiful kid. He's got a you know beautiful situation. He's got houses everywhere. He's everywhere he goes is a movie. He sells out tours no matter what he's releasing. He has platinum after diamond after diamond albums and songs. He's reached a level of status in terms of just uh, an artist that Rare Air has seen. So I don't know if there's anywhere for him to go. He's also older and he's making this album was produced by Yachty a lot of it I heard, and a lot of songs felt youthful with some of the, like Yee and some of these features he had in there. Right. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying it was great. It was just different. So I think a lot of people just just wanted to hate on the album. But then you hear it out at like a bar or yeah. restaurant and you know every word and you're like singing. You're like, wait, I thought you hated this song because you just told me that earlier you hated the album right. and now we're out and you know every goddamn word. You're singing the sexy red song yeah, on you're the album and all of a sudden you're like, make it coochie breathe. Make that out. Like, you don't, whether you like it or don't, you play it out and people love that shit, bro. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know, man. I think people just like to put salt in his in his world. And you know already, he's already said it before. When he drops an album, it's people that like R&B don't like the rap part and the people that like rap don't like the R&B part. So he's already, he's making someone mad. You know, I like this album better than Honestly Nevermind. That's just a whole different, that's just a different I know type that. of music. I, it is a different type of music, but I like it better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, people were hard on that album. When he came out with that, people were like, this is trash. And then like Sticky comes on to like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, just, body of water and the yeah, album just hits a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like right. the environment means everything. Right. You know what I mean? I actually like the new album. Did, the only problem I had with the album was the song he had with J. Cole. I, I, I couldn't stand how he rapped on that. I wanted 8 a.m. Charlotte energy with that J. Cole. Like J, J. Cole came on to like give you bars. It was almost like a competition. And that's where I do agree with the whole like button thing. The rest of the album slaps, in my opinion. Some of the music's weird. I don't think it's like a full, I think there's too many songs. There's some songs he could have like left off the album. But overall, the album's pretty solid to me. Um, and I wish I would have got a different energy in the J. Cole song. But other than that, I thought he did a pretty good job. Man. There's a lot of songs on that, that album that I listened to. All right. Well, California's banning Skittles. I know you're a big Skittles guy. So what's your, what's your next step there? Uh, what worry, are you going to... Gonna... Well, I've consumed so many that I'm, at this point, I'm just like... <laughs> uh, no, I've been like on a weird thing that, uh, you know, as of lately, I've been like eliminating anything name brand is pretty much out of my house. Like even... What are you going to Whole Foods against? Yeah, bro. Like everything like that. Like all that other stuff, man. Like when you look it up, it's scary. And when most people will be like, oh, we, we can't eat anything anymore. They're trying to get rid of everything. It's like, no, bro, this is the evolution of man. Like people back like 60 years ago, the shit that we now would never do, back then they're like, oh, that's how people are going to live longer. That's why like in a hundred years, people are going to be living past a hundred. Right. Is because like the awareness. So you, of, it's safe to say in your thirties now, you've been watching your health a little bit more. Yeah, and like, would would you would you would eat a hot dog? Yeah, if it's the what, right what day. What kind of meat is it? What's going on in there? Yeah, but you don't know. I, it's coyote feet. Yeah, I don't know what it, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. You shouldn't be eating it. You're the, you're trying to eat a bologna sandwich. Uh, bologna sandwich is nuts. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah, bologna sandwich is is insane. But uh, well, first off. Coyote feet is just absolutely insane. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. I just, uh, no but, one knows what's in it. No, you don't. But like at a baseball game, if you got a burger, 
or, or I'm in a beer. You, I've, had, I've had a Dodger dog. You usually had a Dodger dog, man. Yeah. You get a hot dog with it, bro. You know what I mean? That's just the way it goes. But I, I would agree on, on a regular basis. I'm not scarfing a, a hot dog. But even a cheeseburger nowadays, man, I'm like, yo, where's this meat coming from? Where's the best burger really quick? In-N-Out or Shake Shack? Uh, I like In-N-Out. In-N-Out's better than Shake Shack. Yeah. I hate In-N-Out's fries, but their burgers slap. All right. Well, I think that's good. <laughs> that's good for the pod. We ended it on a crazy note. Next week, we're going twice a week. So check us out early next week. Yep, and yep. thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Be safe. Must be 21 and up and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts or call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York.